Before we start the show, I wanted to say thanks for listening. We want to bring you the best show we can, and sometimes it takes us a week or two to cut, edit, and present you something polished. But if you're the kind of person who wants to hear the long version with no frills and wants it as soon as possible, we're now putting our Ready Player 2 episode reviews on Patreon. Pay as much as you think is fair and get access to uncut episodes just hours after we record it. Join our community of gunters at patreon.com forward slash get to the good part, no spaces. Now, on to the show. Welcome back to Get to the Good Part. This is Chris. And this is Aaron. And we are in Sherman, Illinois. Shermer. Not Sherman. Did I say Sherman? You said Sherman. <laughs> We're that's... in Shermer. Shermer, Illinois. And that's how much I care about this location. Um, uh, hey, 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 hey. It's not that I don't like the, it, again, it's not, it's not, my, it's not my series of movies. Like a lot of the movies we're talking about, we're talking about the planet. Shermer, right? Created to celebrate everything John Hughes. And I get it, right? The John Hughes put, put out a bunch of movies. I have a lot of memories stored in these movies. We're talking about Ferris Bueller. That That is one of my favorite 80s movies. Home Alone. Nah. Breakfast yeah. Club. Ah. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. That's not two pillows, right? right? Weird Science, National Lampoons, Uncle Buck. Like, like it, Actually, Weird Science is probably, of all of these, maybe my favorite. Although I did really? like, I like, I, I appreciate Uncle Buck a lot more now as a parent. I got a, that's a good point. I should watch some of these now as an older person. <laughs> like, <laughs> like National Lampoons just seemed like hell to me. Nothing really about that I found funny. But, as an adult now, having like drug my kids through this sort of ideal vacation uh, and it not going as I want it to, but just like trying to be as positive as possible and then reaching the end of your rope and going just flip nut insane because you've done everything you can to make this a great trip. And then to come to find out that the park is closed. <laughs> I mean, or uncle buck, right. I've got a hatchet in the back of my car. So sharp. You could, you could, you could you, you circumcise, a circumcise a net. Wait a second. Bug. Nat. I'll go get See, my hatchet. Like that shit, right? That's the kind of shit that I took as a as a teenager. I was like, meh. As an adult, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and, and see, this is what I'm talking about here, because like, I have not watched that movie probably in 20 years, mm -hmm. but I remember the those lines and various parts of that film, and I, and many other films like that. I haven't seen in so many years. Yeah, it's just these Ask moments. Ask me what I had for dinner tonight. I don't really remember. Actually, but now I do any number of lines from those movies and you've got it. And even if you don't have it perfect, you get the reference. You can make the connection with other people that appreciate the film. Exactly. Right? So our team transports to a spot just outside of town at a train station. And I, I think that's kind of clever because I, I like the fact that they're trying to keep you from just popping into town and sort of screwing with the continuity. And that was the point of this. So they leave the, platform they pass kevin bacon and elizabeth mcgovern from she's having a baby smooching and they and they start to go into town and town the, the, the town is set up the planet is set up really cool right and what you have is a lot of locations that are not just Shermer, but there are a number of other locations that they sort of bring together by creating this world where the places you can go to are sort of strung together and it's shorter to get there 
at the in between it's a bit like moving from one scene to another there could be great distance but on the on this planet it's not right moving from one scene one part of town a whole other city if you want to is but a, is really but a moment's movement through and that the season and the the time of day can be completely different depending on the place in the town that you're in it sounds very i mean and i think to to echo what Parzival was saying it seems very disorienting to go like to cross the street and go from a different time of day different season all those it. things it, it it's cool and the thing is like it makes a lot of sense because when you're trying to piece together all these different little microcosms that are part of a of, of larger kind of the Hughes universe like home alone takes place at christmas time right and, right. Or the airport is always snowed in, which is awesome. That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Like all the like it, I this was fantastic world building. Yeah, like there's a there's a when we start to talk about the game mechanics, and again a reference back to what we've talked about in previous chapters. But when we talk about moving forward, like how would something like this work for real? This makes sense to me, right? This 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 sort of way of piecing together a world based on a series of sort of connected, but they're all in the same world. A lot of these movies kind of hover around similar locations. But the fact that this brings it all together, melds it together, and depending on what you want to be a part of in that day, wherever you go, it's going to be like you were in that scene. Like like you stepped onto another lot for for that movie, and then cue the rain, cut the lights, go action, and, and you've moved on to a different scene that has a completely different atmosphere. So it, what this this planet is basically like, what is like that old beat up car you see drive down the road, but there's the door of a different color that fits on the car. Yeah, but like it all works together. Yeah. It's it's yeah. a it's a Johnny it's a little, Cash song. I feel you. It I mean it's a bit of a Frankenstein, but it, all the the pieces go together and it's make you understand the composition. So like this is great. And it's weird because they all sort of seem to work in sync. So they go into town. They the train tracks divide these sort of miniature settings between the rich people uh, near the lake near Lake Michigan and the poor people where you have to drive through downtown Chicago. This this, this nice sort of. Uh, again, it's it's that's a very pretty and pink thing because that was like the you know other side of the tracks thing was very literal there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it, it's it's kind of neat that while you might not see the actual driving through town in the movie, like it cuts from one scene to another while they're in the car talking or dialogue, you're in a different place, right? You're around houses that that are you know again out in the suburbs, but not not the rich suburbs, right? Uh, I love the fact that they mention that as you're moving through where you are and you know what movie you're in relation to by the needle drops that you hear as prompts to what's going to happen next. So, God, this must know, have been so fun to program a planet like this. I, for me, this is kind of like I feel like this would have to be the Wikipedia of programming. Like everyone would have to contribute. Everyone would want to make this better to make this more detailed and to kind of plug this together 
and and make it streamlined. It feels like you'd have to crowdsource this kind of thing, right? Well, but our team, our team, our team pulls out the shard, and we're we're starting to rethink on the the etchings in the side of our shard, which is recast the foul, restore his ending, and his first fate still needs mending, and they're still contemplating what the solution is to this to this riddle, this clue. And Aziz kind of pitching here. I'm pitching literally and figuratively with a foul ball from Ferris Bueller's day off, maybe. No, not so much. And so they're kind of they're kind of tossing this around. And and they have they they stumble upon the clear the clear solution here. Although they don't mention it in this chapter, which this chapter ends and pisses me off because <laughs> it feels like it just cuts me off in the middle of the damn chapter. We'll get to that in a second though. So they get on the, they, they already knows where we're headed, knows what we're doing, knows where we need to go. We've got this very clear in mind. They get on that bus to Sherman, Shermer High School. I almost said Sherman. <laughs> right. And that's when the, oh, yeah, starts to kick in. Nice. Right. From Ferris Bueller's day off. They get oh, on that bus. So you've got, you've got Gummy Bear Girl from the end of Ferris Bueller. Gummy right? Bear. You've got the, <laughs> it's warm. It's been in my pocket. Yeah, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I heard this and I initially thought, yeah, I want to try that gummy bear. You might go ick, but keep in mind, we are in O&I. It's not real. I, I want to feel what that warm gummy bear would taste like and feel like in my mouth. Do, do you know what you can do? Go buy some gummy bears, put them in your fucking pocket and try it yourself. But I want to know what it was like in the movie. In that he didn't, moment, he never he, ate the gummy bear. He took bear. it and flicked it, right? But what if he hadn't? That's that's what I want to know. And then you have the braces gal played by John Cusack, and I'm pretty sure that's Pretty in Pink. Is it? No, no, that was no, that's um, uh, but the sixteen birthday, candles. The sixteen candles. Thank you. And I'm sorry, uh, I'm gonna have to disagree. Not cute as hell. Movie. Gonna disagree as well. Yeah, I think a lot of people had a problem with with that. <laughs> calling her cute as hell in that movie. She was not, her character was not designed to be cute as hell. And frankly, on a good day, I don't think she's that cute as hell anyway. I get it. Personal preference. That's fine. Totally get it. We had Samantha Baker, right? Yes. Yep. Redhead girl sitting at the front of the bus. Birthday. Right. And, like she was that girl that you would be afraid to approach because you would just get the rolling of the eyes that, and, and you get blown off. Right. Cause yeah. it was that, it's that kind of atmosphere. It's just kind of like talk to the hand kind of scenario to everyone. F everyone. I'm not having a good day. Nobody wished me happy birthday. It, I remember, I remember how that movie begins. But I also kind of like the fact that, and this is kind of the second time they mention it, is that all these people are stuck in their own day hell. Every day, they're going to experience the, the same movie over and over and over again. Now, granted, these are just NPCs. There are people, too, and at least it's not Brazil. <laughs> that would be such hell. But yeah, it's just it's just kind of an interesting mention that they're kind of looking around and going, they do this every day, playing out the same movies every day. The same, the same, the same uh, suburban dads every day step out the door at the exact same time, 
pick up the newspaper, right? And it's all the dads from across the variety of movies. And I kind of like that. I thought that was interesting to see. Dads. Stereotyping dads. Well, um, I mean, all these movies were basically stereotypes galore. Well, they were like extreme stereotypes. Like, like you really had to... It, it, they were almost like characterizations. You weren't a nerd. You had all the nerd. Like you had the pocket protector, the pins, the facial hardware, you were a caricature. straps, the little laser ray gun. You, you are a caricature of of that stereotype, almost to epic cartoon levels, right? It's just one step beyond reality to, to, for these to like pop out of the movie to be like cartoon characters. You know, each one of these characters could have been something out of Roger Rabbit. Roger Rabbit. Another good film. So we got the obvious call out of this being Lily White, a Lily White hellscape, which is kind of indicates that that's kind of the whole of 80s cinema, which is true. Not not what you would call a lot of inclusion. Or if it was, again, it was like a stereotype. It was a caricature. Um, and maybe in some cases didn't age very well. Yeah, I mean, like, look who were making movies then. Like, that's, like it or not, that's what was being done at that time. Yeah, and... pe- people were still telling stories, and they were looking for symbols. They They were looking for the common symbols, the commonality of symbolism at the time, which wasn't fair to people who don't fit those stereotypes, who don't match those stereotypes. But at the same time, the stories, even the main characters, Uncle Buck, for example, stereotype overweight uncle who is a loser. There's I never really f- thought of him as a stereotype. I just thought of him more as like a he's caricature. He's just, just that like fat, sleazy guy that, that yeah, the dad's but... related to. It's that brother. He's that family member that only comes to the family potluck. It doesn't bring anything. But but I think that's know. a movie-made stereotype. That's not – I don't know how, I, you know, how like that's that? – I don't know. You don't have like that one family member that just fucking sticks out and you wish would go home sooner and starts to get loud and stupid as they get drunk. Okay. Well, good for you. Well, I know that might be that's me. Like half of, that's like half of my family. I have a lot of reasons <laughs> for having people not show up to family events. See, there you go. But I mean, even that still was about telling a story about a caricature, about a stereotype to a certain extent. So you can't say that it's singled out on, on, a particular race or a particular gender, although none of that was really well represented in those movies because everyone was like a cartoon in these films, greater or lesser. Even like Planes, Trains, and Automobiles felt like that. And I didn't really like that movie very much at all, but definitely weird science. Like you could have pulled that straight from a comic book. I mean, it was, it's, it's almost a little too silly. To an extent, like the brother Chet Hmm. out of Weird Science was just... Well, I mean, like, the, the, and plus, just the whole creating of the girl, yeah, is, is just kind of dumb. Too fucking typical. And I but, mean, like, but there's also that stereotype that was kind of like, even if you could create your dream girl, you wouldn't know what to do with her, and that's like translated into like literally a a story about yeah. two guys who make the dream girl and. Sh- they don't know what to do with their like. They shower with their they, with their, their bathing socks suits on. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, yeah, and it's kind of like, what if? What if that was true? What if we took that phrase like that deep cut? You wouldn't even know what to do with a beautiful woman, and then we turned that into an actual story, and that that turned out to be a good story. 
So I, I like the fact that that we hit on these these needle drops. There's more needle drops, right? As we get closer to school, Kajagugu starts to play, which is that 16 Candles intro music where they're coming off the bus. Uh, they, they enter the school, and I thought it was kind of creatively cool that it's the three different schools in Shermer, Illinois, but all of them are the same school. They just have different sides. The, the, the facades are all different. Like, I thought that was great. I, I, I fucking love that, that you could show up at any one of those sides, still enter the same school, which I think is kind of a brilliant programming concept, personally. I, I, just, I just like that idea that you don't have to build three schools and, and populate it. You, you, they can all mesh together. This is like a, a mashup, but just a neat little mashup experience. And, I'm telling uh, you, it, whenever the Oasis actually goes online, first planet I'm going to is Shermer. Totally. For you. <laughs> so, me, and every, me and everyone else that grew up in the uh, 80s. I guess. Sure. I mean, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. Right? I mean... We can do a breakfast club challenge. We can run through the hallways trying to avoid the principal or something. I would just want to like hang out with the with the janitor. You can do that if you want. Totally. He, know, he knows he, everything. He knows everything. This is Aaron from the show. First of all, thank you for listening. Once you finish listening to this episode, do us a solid. Go ahead and give us a rating and write a review of the show. This lets us know that we're doing a good job and helps other people find us. And speaking of other people, if you know someone who might enjoy the show, we would love it if you told them about it. We can be found at gttgp.com. There's tons of stuff on there. You can learn more about us. There's an episode guide. And of course, you can find our social media pages where we love geeking out with our listeners. Now, let's get to the good part. That's who I want to hang out with. So they're getting ready to go into the school. They pull a clothes change. Artie basically throws on Annie Potts clothing, that music store clerk from Pretty in Pink, right? And she gets them to put on glasses that makes them basically get dressed out like the dork squad. Which, as soon as they realize, is kind of like a hey, they recognize she, that as wait, a prank. Didn't she dress up like Ferris Bueller? Eventually, yeah. When she takes oh, the glasses off and, and the Annie Potts bit goes away, oh, then right, right. she puts another pair of glasses on, and that's the shades for Ferris Bueller. And then, boop, she's basically pimped out in Ferris Bueller attire. It's a great way to go to Shermer. It is. And then, again, another needle drop, 80s by Killing Joke, which is. When I listen to that song, and I listen to a lot of these songs, uh, is just perfect. Like, it's just perfect for throwing the doors open and walking down the hall 10 minutes before Bell. I, I don't know how to put that, and I don't know why. I don't know why that is a great song for that kind of entrance, right? Poof, popping the door open and making your grand entrance into fucking school. But I should have listened to I this listened, song. I, I listened to dumb. this song, and I was like, that's perfect. That is just spot on and i don't even know that i'd heard this entire song i'm not even sure if i even remember the song from the movie i just know that when i hear the song i'm like holy shit that fits so well i'm trying to listen to it now because i did not prepare by listening to it i was very, that was very dumb of me but can you feel it i can and on top of that the fact that like it's it is the 80s so obviously you know, not only is it just thrown open the doors, but you just get this feeling like you got a hallway saturated with with converse, with huge hair, with ripped jeans, jackets and faded jeans, pants 
and the brightly colored neon pinks and blues and yellows, you know, all that shit that just popped out as momentary styles in the 80s, or at least that's what it was like for me in middle school. Yep. And the song just seems to nail it. Yeah, uh, I'm going to take your word on that. I should have prepared by listening to it, my bad. Oh, you weren't just listening to it now? I was, but I was trying to pay attention to you too. It's just a little bit, it's too much for my my piddly little brain. So uh, we've come to the end of the chapter, and f-, f that, because we are now at the place where, for this chapter, for me, was a new chapter, right? The end of chapter 13 is where I stopped. It's where I... I, I I ceased my road of betrayal to you and everyone listening by by not listening to the next it's chapter. Okay. But it's this, okay. this chapter, I was so delighted, and then I reached the end, and I texted you. I was like, damn it. Yep. Son of a bitch. They throw open the doors, and then it's kind of like, zero, zero, one, five. And I'm like, son of a End scene. End scene. So, of all of this, and I know that you like Shermer, Shermer, Illinois. I want to say Shermer. I know you like Shermer. What what of this popped out to you that you really enjoyed? Like, what was your real nostalgia point? Because this this is the nostalgia rub here. Yeah. So I I was really interested in the this concept that Shermer was this dangerous place, according to Artie. Like, don't talk to anybody. Don't touch anything. It just felt like Doc Brown t- telling Marty to not f- fuck with the future. And like Shermer is generally, as portrayed in the movies, pretty harmless. His name. Whoa, let's back up though, right? Like there were bullies. No, I'm saying, but I'm saying like. like There's throw your ass into the locker, right? There was, yeah, you know. Okay, but like. The like, nerds uh, getting beat up on by the jocks. I get that, but I'm talking about like the, this idea that it's like dangerous. Like, like I'm not saying like bullies aren't dangerous, or whatever. But like those again are kind of caricatures, right? I'm saying like the the danger that she implies is like you're gonna fuck shit up, and shit's gonna go down. That's really bad, right? You know, like epic proportions, like. Gozers taking over New York City kind of thing. Oh, I was thinking more like like detention on a Saturday. But or go on. wedgies. Yeah, like like wedgies and detention. Like that's kind of par for the course. So, well, what what about like biker dudes blowing through the front of your house and overtaking your party? Again, like that. That was just. This is that's one of the reasons why like weird science bugs me. It's like, come on, this is so stupid. But like, it's I, yet I'm entertained. I, I don't I know why. I was entertained. Yeah, it was great. Who you know which character you are? Yeah, I know. I get it. But I don't know. Weird science is is it's a weird one for me. So again, I I, I like. I thought it was interesting that it comes across according to Artie as. Like you got to be careful here. I, I it came off as a joke. It's you know like if you were transported to a high school in a in the body of a high school kid, it's like somebody telling you you've now entered the wild wild west and you didn't bring your guns. Watch your step. You're fucked. It's kind of like it's it's humorous, and yet at the same time you're kind of like, yeah, I did kind of feel all dangerous from day to day occasionally. Like that would be a joke as an adult. Like it wouldn't be dangerous, but 
under certain circumstances at that age, with maturity totally when it way might in feel the horizon, dangerous to you, like it feels dangerous. Yeah, but when you're a kid experiencing that, not as an adult, kind of going through it, like reliving it, I don't think. Yeah, might be, you might get a little bit of I don't know. Anyway, I agree. Uh, I agree. It's it's almost like saying it's dangerous is almost comical, but then it kind of like well, mm, no, well. It's more comical than real, I guess is the best way to put it. But I'm kind of wondering because she says that and I'm like, like you kind of like, so I'm curious as to where the next chapter goes yeah, and whether or not it's going to exemplify that fact. That's the thing is that there may be some details that are in the next chapter that That you've conveniently forgotten that I've conveniently forgotten in the last X number of months (laughs) that might make that all. uh, and, And I hope it does because otherwise like it's, it's just a weird comment to make it that it should be just going through an experience. It feels like it ought to be fairly harmless. It, you're just playing through the motions of the movies. Like, but anyway, so moving on from that, how did you feel? How did you feel about these momentary glances and smiles between Artie and, I mean, and some like, this is the most time they spent with each other that hasn't been, you arguing know, over a arguing, gnarling, snarling at them and at each other and saying like, well, if you, you told this other person in the room who I'm not speaking to that, I'm not speaking to them like that kind of crap. <laughs> right. Right. And it's almost as if the world got so big that that created the divide. And now that the world's gotten a lot smaller, it's kind of, it's, it's, and I get it. We're developing the story. We're developing our characters. We're starting to introduce some healing between the characters. Artie is gaining her, I guess, patience, maybe? I I feel like it it all comes down to they're becoming more the people they were when they were first discovering each other. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what's attractive to them. Yeah, it's it's rediscovering the love that they had. And I and I I can't help but feel like there's some parallel foreshadowing because they're also discovering the love between Kira and Og. And I can't help but feel like part of the torture for Og is having to go through the rediscovering of something so enjoyable that it now provokes pain because we know where it's going. But at the same time, Parzival and and Artemis are rediscovering each other and they have time. Right? So yeah, it, there have like... been there have been these moments, I guess. And and I see why he's putting it in because we again it's 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 this basically adding little bits of pepper. Right? It adds to the overall test taste of the meal, but you can distinctly see the little ground pieces of peppercorn scattered amongst the meal here. And I didn't feel like it was getting in the way. I kind of like how that's integrated. And, and I ask it because sometimes it can cheese people out, whereas sometimes it's, it's, it's fitting, I suppose. Do, do, where do you think it's going to go? Well, it's obviously going in the direction of, of them rekindling through what brought them together. But where do I really think it's going to go? I think it's going to go down the road. They get a little bit closer. And then Parzival's going to fuck something up. Oh. <laughs> what? What are, you, what are you 
doing? Okay, maybe it's going to go down the road of a hookup, but where is it going to go? It's going to lead them to the low five and the girl he gave a billion dollars to. <laughs> you gave her what? What? <laughs> You're right. And then there's going to be a lack of respect. There's going to be disappointment. There's going to be betrayal. They're going to have, there's going to be problems. Right. I, I can, this is just how I feel like this is going to go because it, much like the last book, like it's going good, going good, going good. And then he fucks up and it's, there's gotta be a fuck up moment coming that he's going to have to make reparent, make a, apologies for i feel like or we're going to get into this really uncomfortable place it's it's and it's obvious and i don't remember her name what what was her name of the low five lohengrin it it, she was enamored with him right so they're gonna connect exactly so there's gonna be lohengrin kind of like hovering and and I oogling him and just kind of like you're solving it again. You're gonna you're gonna save us, and and already being like, well, yeah, but I was with them first, right? I I know the real him, and it it's just I it's just gonna get shitty, messy. That's where I fear this is gonna go. Cool. Well, as I said before, I don't remember what happens specifically, so we'll find out. Um. So I'm gonna try. I'm looking at all my other points. I, I will. I will tell this. you that I have not since I've not read to the next chapter. I don't know what's going to happen next, but what I feel like is going to have to happen is they're going to have to take one of the instances of of Anthony Michael Hall, of which they mentioned that there were like multiple, probably multiple versions, because Anthony Michael Hall is like bespeckled through a number of movies, through a number of families, right? So that, that had to be different versions of them and they're going to have to create a situation where Anthony Michael Hall hooks up with Andy because in reading again back to John Hughes uh, originally when they cast the movie when they cast the movie when they cast the actors what they ended up realizing real quickly was that there was no chemistry between the characters between Andy and Ducky between the actors that just wasn't a chemistry that was more like a brother sister thing and that for anything to develop it wasn't going to work and when they did test screenings they realized that they really wanted andy to move towards blaine so they had to rewrite it but initially anthony michael hall was the character that they wanted to write into the movie for the ducky position but he turned it down because he felt like he was playing too many of these sort of nerdy boy kid movies or nerdy boy kid roles and he didn't want to do it again. Uh, so, especially alongside Molly Ringwald. <laughs> precisely, precisely. That he, he felt was he was getting maybe typecast. So he turned down that role. So what I suspect is that there would have been maybe better chemistry between Anthony Michael Hall and Molly Ringwald, and that somehow in the next chapter, maybe next two chapters, that's where we're going. Something's going to have to happen to move him into that position. Interesting. That's where I think we're going next. Well, I actually do know what's going to happen. And I'm not going to tell you again. You bastard. But don't worry. As soon as we finish recording, you can go right to your book and read it. Yeah. Uh, so one thing I, that I want to hit on before we cut out is uh, is one of the needle drops. Mm-hmm. And this needle drop was, I thought, unusual in the sense that 
a lot of the 80s, a lot of the needle drops in this reference 80s songs or tunes directly out of the 80s, right? Kajagugu, for example, or Yellow. But there was one reference, one needle drop that was right out of the 50s. And I'm trying to remember what it was. <laughs> Sorry. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, a needle drop? It, no, I know what a needle drop is. No, it, are, are you at, I, you're trying to recall a needle drop. Yes, and the needle drop was It's All in the Game by Tommy Edwards. And I was like, okay, well, that's interesting because remember, they go on that street with all the, the pretty houses and all the dads come out. But right before that happens, she starts singing, right? And it's the mm -hmm. 50s song by Tommy Edwards, It's All in the Game. And I was like, all right, let's go listen to this. And I totally didn't expect this. I expected like some 80s thing. I didn't expect something out of the 50s. But the lyrics go, many a tear has to fall, but it's all in the game, all in the wonderful game that we know is love. You have words with him and your future's looking dim, but these things, your heart can rise above. And there's more to the lyrics there, but I thought, and I don't know if this necessarily is a part of the path or just kind of a drop that speaks more to the situation, but I thought that this particular needle drop in this moment when we're starting to rekindle that relationship, that the lyrics for this particular song are neat. And I'm not going to go through all the lyrics, but it, it seems very parallel, I guess I should say. So it's all in the game. It says, it says it's by Carmel. Oh, well, what are the lyrics that, well, it could have been redone in the 80s, maybe, because the song I found was by Tommy Edwards. Well. But the book says Carmel, so maybe somebody else. All right, then somebody else evidently redid it. Maybe there's the, the more recent version that that puts it in yeah. the '80s. But still, so it's a it's it's a, it's a remake or some or something like that. But the lyrics would remain the same. Sure, one would think. But uh, but still, I, again, I just I thought that parallel was interesting and kind of telling and sets the mood to a certain degree and kind of some of the expectations and where the relationship's going. Not like that's not apparent so far. Anyways, that's it for me. Are we wrapped up here? Yeah, I'm done. I want to get to Shermer. I want to get really into Shermer. I, I'm, yeah. I, I'm, you ready to go to school? You're ready to be taken to school. I would be happy ready to, to go, go back to, to school, school again with the knowledge I have now. <laughs> Save up your lunch money. Invest in Apple. <laughs> invest in a lot of things. Buy Bitcoin. <laughs> Buy Bitcoin when it was dirt cheap. Dirt cheap. All right, let's wrap it up. This is Chris. And this is Aaron. And we will catch you in Chapter 15. See you then. Charmers! <laughs>